Cats. I'm Zaira Altayeb. And I'm Molly Stitt. And thank you for joining us on this Word to the Wildcat podcast. On this cold day, we will be discussing the topic of health and wellness. We would like to introduce today's guest from the Counseling Center. Hello, Wildcats. My name is Dr. Cindy Bruns. I am the Director of Counseling here at CWU and also a licensed psychologist, and my pronouns are she and her. Thank you so much for joining us today, Cindy or Dr. Bruns. Um, would you want to define kind of what the Counseling Center does and kind of talk about um, any services that they may provide? Absolutely. Thank you. So Student Counseling Services, um, I like to talk a- about us as your primary mental health care for students during their career here at Central. And so just like oftentimes people have a primary um, medical provider or use student health as their primary medical provider, we want to be seen as your your primary care for mental health concerns. And so what that means is that we try to be supportive to a wide variety of students with a wide variety of concerns. And if you need specialty care, just like with medical care, then we might be looking at helping facilitate some connections outside of our center. So what that means for us is that we offer students an initial consultation where they come in and talk with us about what's going on for them. We get to know them in their unique identities and concerns. We talk about the services that we have to provide, and then we work collaboratively with students to put together a plan of what's going to best serve the goals and needs that you have. And so within our center, that may look like um, some workshops. Sometimes people just need some skills and a, a new way of looking at things to shift a perspective or tackle a problem in a new way. Sometimes that can look like short-term individual counseling, which we think of in about a quarter, so about 10 sessions a year. Um, Sometimes that looks like group therapy, where you can really dig in with other students who have similar concerns and learn together and help each other, as well as receiving um, professional support. Um, Sometimes that looks like needing just some in-the-moment crisis support. You know, I like to say if um, life gangs up on you and you don't know who to talk to, we want you to come and talk to us. Um, We also run some support groups, so those are less around um, a mental health concern per se, but more about um, students supporting each other either around common identities um, and how they impact their lives and they navigate their lives, um, or a common experience. Um, So a couple of examples of support groups we're currently running. Um, One is called Beyond the Binary, so for students who don't feel defined by the gender binary and want to come together and talk about their experiences. Um, We're also running a grief group so students who have experienced the loss of someone in their life um, can come together and and talk about their experience of grief and how they're moving through that. Um, So we do a variety of things along those lines. I think those are all um, excellent services that are offered. I think when talking about um, services pertaining to mental health it's important that we kind of talk about the stigma around it and, and how to make it an inviting experience for a lot of people and how to kind of counter those um, stigmas. I feel like a lot of people that I've talked to throughout life have thought that counseling or therapy, um, you know, they just label it as like, that's kind of for crazy people. And so how would you, yeah, how would you um, suggest people view um, those services. Right, yeah. I think we've made a lot of progress as a society around the stigma related to mental health concerns, but I completely agree that there are still those messages out there. Um, sometimes we even hear it as like, I'm not 
my concern isn't bad enough or like high enough level um, so I didn't want to come bother you um, and we, we really want students to know that you're, you're not a bother um, we really want to come see you and I think um, you know mental health is something everybody has um, and it exists on a continuum right sometimes our mental health is great and we're feeling pretty good about um, how we are relating to ourselves and others and the tasks that we have and the purpose and meaning we're pursuing in life um, and sometimes those things get stuck or they're not working effectively for us and so i really want counseling or therapy to be seen as um, as a, a means to, to further the goals um, that you have for yourself or your future or their, your values, how do you come to live more authentically? Um, sometimes that's related to something that you know could be a diagnosed mental health condition. Sometimes um, the, um, it's just a problem in living and you've tried all of the other solutions that you know. You know, you've talked to friends, you talked to family, maybe you accessed um, religious communities or other kind of spiritual support. All of those things are really important and we support those. So it's not an either or, right? It's not like you do these things and you don't go to counseling, but sometimes we can provide an external perspective. Um, we can be a neutral place that's really there to support you and help you look at things um, from a different perspective um, without worrying, um, you know, what we think you ought to do, right? Family and friends are great, but they, and they have our best intentions in heart, but they have an agenda, right? Um, mm. And our goal is to have your agenda in mind and then bring our professional expertise to help you figure out how to move towards the things that are important to you. So during this time with winter quarter in full motion, um, what are some external effects and factors contributing to mental stress? Sure. There are a lot of them for, for students, staff, and faculty, for, for all of us. Um, you know, I would certainly be remiss if I didn't start with COVID, right? Where you, um, what just celebrated the third anniversary of COVID, oh my goodness. which is horrible, <laughs> right? Um, and even though there are many aspects in which life has come back to quote unquote normal, it's also a, a new normal and it continues to raise questions around um, personal safety and health in a way that um, many have not confronted on such an ongoing basis for such a long time and having to make a number of additional decisions that we we just didn't necessarily have to make prior to COVID, right? Do I go here? Do I not go here? Do I mask? Do I not mask? Do, what is my bubble? <laughs> you know, what does my sniffle mean today? All of those <laughs> kinds of things, right? Um, and we live in such a decision-heavy society anyway, adding those additional daily questions to our lives, I think, contributes to a, a decision fatigue, um, you know, that adds to the the pressure and the stress of already navigating being you know a student who has to decide you know how do you balance five priorities all at the same time and take care of yourself and get your homework done and have social relationships and learn to be an adult in the world and all of those kinds of things and for faculty and staff navigating you know a, a number of things as well so i think that's something that maybe we don't think and talk about as much. Um, and then certainly we have our um, kind of the, the winter blues, right, um, that can happen for folks. 
If you think um, in terms of rhythms and seasons, this is a time where people try to kind of like hibernate in a way, and yet our daily demands don't change. Um, our society doesn't flex in the rhythms of maybe what um, our environment would di dictate. And so that can certainly add to stress for folks. Um, you know, normal academic demands and balancing a number of um, priorities and values can be part of it. I also think it's important to talk about the, the continued um, work within our society and the continued events within our society that bring about discrimination and oppression and having to, to navigate those. And for students who are part of, or faculty and staff who are part of the global majority or part of the LGBTQ communities, um, communities that we've really seen targeted um, in many ways, very recently and historically, right, that's an additional stress to figure out how to navigate that and to engage in those conversations. For um, students, staff, and faculty who are part of more majority identities, still needing to figure out how to appropriately engage and confront in internalized beliefs and biases um, to support um, friends and colleagues that they care about who uh, are experiencing overt discrimination. Um, all of that, I think, also contributes to the, the external factors that we are all carrying in our own unique identities um, and become kind of the background in some ways and then get pushed to the foreground to contribute to the, the stress and um, this kind of burden, I think, that people are feeling as we move through through this time in our society and our lives. So I, I, I want to talk about um, some of the, just like the ways to help somebody that's experiencing um, any type of mental health related crisis. Um, are there any techniques or suggestions that you would um, suggest for those who are around somebody that's um, experiencing that yeah. or showing signs? Mm -hmm. So I think the, f the first thing that I want to say um, is that when you're supporting somebody who's going through something difficult, um, what, whatever that might be, the, the first rule um, is the one we learn maybe on airplanes, which is to put on your own oxygen mask first. So it's really important to emphasize your own self-care and, and know what, what you have the capacity for and what your limits are while you're also responding in a caring and compassionate way to the person that you're trying to help. Oftentimes we see folks who, who kind of dive in and then find themselves in too deep and aren't sure what to do or how to kind of back out um, and take care of themselves. And I think the, the dive in too deep and then cut off is actually more harmful to the person who's going through a difficult time than to be clear and upfront about kind of what your availability and boundaries are. So I think that's an important thing. Then um, just human care and compassion and empathy um, go a long way. You know, not always does somebody need to talk to a professional. Sometimes they just need somebody who's like, yeah, that's horrible <laughs> um, and that's really hard and yeah I, I get why you're feeling the way you're feeling and and to just be heard and kind of you know have a soft blanket and a cup of tea and you know so, some space to be heard um, 
for some folks, that's that's not enough, or it rises to the the level where it's really impairing their day to day life on a regular basis, or they're having thoughts of, you know, um, not wanting to live anymore, or harm themselves or others. You know, those are signs that somebody also needs connection with um, a professional, at least for a short period of time. And so being able to, as you alluded to earlier, um, decrease the stigma, um, right? Like this doesn't mean you're crazy. It doesn't mean, right, um, if you had pneumonia, you would want to go to the doctor, right, and get the help that you need to treat that so it doesn't become worse. And these kind of um, crises like that are, are similar, right? getting help for a more significant mental health challenge is about preventing things from getting worse, not that there's something wrong with you. And so then being knowledgeable about the resources, knowing to say like, hey, I know where the Student Counseling Center is. It's just across the parking lot from Starbucks. Like, let's go take a walk over there and I'll help you get scheduled. So sometimes just, you know, being the impetus for for making that walk or making the phone call um, can provide support as well. Um, and so I think it's really important that people just know what the resources are out there, whether that's us or the crisis line, um, so that they can provide those types of things. Um, and then checking back, right? Like a few days later, like, hey, can I just check in with you? How are you doing? Um, and then being sure to try to include people as best you can. Oftentimes a crisis is very isolating. So even if somebody's like, no, 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 um, maybe like, okay, not this time, but let me check in with you in a few days and see maybe you're feeling up to it then. I think those are some easy wins for folks. And um, are there any like specific or like kind of like red flag um, indicators for somebody that may be in a crisis? Like what should people look out for? Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing that you can look out for is um, change, right? Like something that that isn't that person's baseline normal, right? So the, the person who's really outgoing and always chatting with folks who all of a sudden withdraws. Um, but on the other side, somebody who tends to be maybe more introverted and prefers to do quiet activities or not being around a lot of folks all of a sudden becomes very extroverted or or something along those lines um, somebody who's always in class and all of a sudden you're noticing absences or um, somebody who's easygoing and um, pretty pretty friendly suddenly becomes irritable things like that so something that seems out of out of the person's norm and and persists more than once right like we all have bad days or different days um, you know, you can look for um, statements that people make. Sometimes they start to kind of use language that lets you know that they're struggling without saying it directly. So they might say like, wow, yeah, I'm really drowning or, you know, stop the world, I wanna get off or um, I just wish I wouldn't have woken up this morning or, or things like that um, that lets you know like, hey, um, it seems like maybe something's going on for you. Do you want to talk about it? Might be an important conversation to approach someone. So we've talked a bit about student counseling. What other resources are available to students on campus, um, around Ellensburg, online? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, Central has so many resources to offer students, and um, I think 
sometimes students um, and staff and faculty as well are are just not aware of them. I know when I was in college, it took me until my senior year to find out we had a counseling center at all, Um, you know, and so it's just, there's so much information out there and sometimes it doesn't kind of stick until you need it. And so in addition to student counseling services, we are excited. Uh, This program has been around for about a year, um, and we are still letting folks know about it, particularly now that we are are back in full campus mode. Um, It's called Wildcat Care 365, and it's an extension of both student counseling services and student health services. So it's covered by our student health and counseling fee. There's no additional charge for it. And it's available to all currently enrolled CW students. So you do need to be enrolled in the quarter in which you want to receive services. And that's true for student counseling as well. Um, You can download an app called Timely Care. That's the vendor that we partnered with to to deliver this service. Um, And it is I have to say, like a sweet deal outside of even mental health care. So by downloading the Timely Care app, you register with your CWU credentials. Um, And this is for students. Um, I'll get to faculty and staff in a minute. Um, You register with your CWU credentials, so your email and your login there. It's a single sign-on. And from there, you answer a few registration questions. And then students have access to on-demand 24-7 support from a counselor. Um, So 2 a.m. in the morning and you're freaking out because you can't write your paper. Um, You can actually use TalkNow, that's the name of the service through Wildcat Care 365, to talk to a counselor who will calm you down and help you formulate a a plan to to get moving on your paper. Um, You can also talk to them about roommate concerns, but all all the way through something that would be a major mental health crisis. So I really like it because most folks won't call a crisis line because you can't get your paper done. But you can use Talk Now for that and through anything that you might call a traditional crisis line for. There's also scheduled counseling services similar to what we offer. It's through a teletherapy format, um, but in addition to the daytime hours that we offer, it offers evening and weekend hours as well. So particularly for students who are maybe juggling school and work or school and family or school work and family and need those off hours, that's a great additional resource. Um, there's also 24-7 on-demand access to a medical provider. So if you wake up in the middle of the night and your tummy doesn't feel good and you're like, maybe I should go get that checked out, um, you can actually do a medical appointment from the comfort of your own home. They can assess it, let you know if you need to be seen in an emergency um, and in person, but a lot of those things can be handled um, over telehealth these days. Um, And if you find a medical provider there that you really like, um, and again, have after hours, you can do scheduled medical appointments. There's also scheduled health and wellness coaching. So if you want to change a habit um, and get support and a plan for that, you can do that through Wildcat Care 365. And they have workshops that you can join in to learn about things with um, other college students from around the nation, which I think is kind of a cool way to build community too. Um, So lots of options completely covered already by the fees that you're paying. So I really encourage students, um, regardless of your mental health needs, um, to download the Timely Care app and sign up because it's awesome. Um, And circling back to our stigma, um, sometimes people feel more comfortable, right? Like using a telehealth platform. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to see anybody. 
It's available to all of our online and center students as well. And um, you don't even have to be residing in Washington State to use it. It works in all 50 states. Um, so that's a great resource. Um, our wellness um, colleagues um, in the Wellness Center are another wonderful support, um, particularly for students who are looking um, for support around substance um, use, change, and recovery, um, or who have experienced some types of um, interpersonal violence or wanting to, to learn more about those healthy relationships. Um, and our colleagues in case management as well. Um, I love them. I they are they know every resource out there in CWU and in our community, and are really great at helping students access those as well. Um, so, and then student health um, also supports students in their mental health. So, if students are needing medication to help manage mental health concerns, a lot of times um, student health can be the prescriber for that, so students don't have to go outside. Also, Wildcat Care 365 allows us to access telepsychiatry services. So, if students need an additional level of care for um, mental health meds, we have that resource as well, um, which is a great win as well. I, I think um, I just wanted to touch on the topic of like um, the options that are available for people that are like extremely introverted and like that don't want to leave. So I think that's a great um, resource. Um, that's my preferred <laughs> source um, when I when I need help. So I think that's great. And I also want to just add that like my personal experience with like Central's like counseling services was amazing. And it was something that I didn't know that was available until I was like a sophomore and that it was covered. It was something that we were paying for. So I think that's really great because I have a lot of um, friends that have also used the services and they were like, I didn't know that we were paying for it. So it was like great and they didn't have to pay out of pocket and they walked in and they got the help they, they, they needed and everyone was super kind. So I highly recommend um, if anyone's experiencing anything or just need somebody to talk to, that it's a great resource altogether. Aw, thank you. Okay. I'm just smiling so big over here. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that you've had such a positive experience. That's exactly what we strive to offer our students. So when talking about the resources on campus, something that I, I happen to hear often is that, you know, I've, I've tried to reach out to the counseling center and I haven't gotten a response or I feel like they're super busy. What would you say to that? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. You know, um, I've heard that too and have, you know, want to get out the message that um, we are super busy. Um, that is <laughs> that is true, and um, we we love that, and we love that students come to us and receive help. Um, and it's it's a both and. Um, we work really hard to make sure that um, two things can happen: that students can um, get support in crises. Um, that we really. We understand that, that life does gang up on you and we want to be there. And so um, making ourselves available for that um, is important to us. And that we really also want to try very hard to be responsive to those first contacts um, when somebody is reaching out to find out about our services and, and figure out if we're the right place for them. And so we work hard to um, put resources and time into that. Um, where the, the weight can often happen for students is um, the demand for ongoing individual counseling. Um, 
that that's the the place where there can sometimes be be more of a bottleneck um, and that's because there are um, really 11 of us and nearly 10,000 of you um, and, and that ratio if you think about that um, even if you know only 10% of students come to see us over the course of a year that's still um, quite a bit and so um, one of the we do a few things to try to to work with that. Um, one is we do run a wait list, and so folks can go onto that wait list, and then as um, people end the work that they're doing, then we fill those positions. We also let that wait list go away at the end of the quarter, and so we go back to kind of a first come first serve model. So those students who were waiting, who are still really motivated for for services and in need of support can call back in and have sort of the same chance as um, somebody who was in ongoing services to, to renew. So we try to not just put you on the wait list and have you wait for a long time, but to give some options for coming back in in the next quarter. Um, I think this is also one of the reasons that we got the Wildcat Care 365 is to really provide an alternative for students um, where there, there isn't that wait if they're open to tele, teletherapy services. And the other thing I would say is sometimes, um, you know, students, um, if they're open to alternative ways of treatment beyond the individual, so those groups or workshops or support groups that I talked about, um, they are pleasantly surprised um, that it is really actually maybe more effective for them um, than if they had been in individual therapy. Um, the, the Western individualized um, model um, certainly is very helpful for some folks, but it also can reinforce stigma. Um, and it kind of goes counter to a lot of um, more traditional healing practices. We know traditionally healing takes place in community and being able to be in community while you're healing through the use of group therapy um, really runs counter to kind of white supremacist views and is a way for us to challenge some of those um, biases and stigmas that I talked about earlier. So I also encourage students to, to be open um, to maybe different ways than what you see on TV or in the movies, um, that counseling can happen because there, there's a lot of power in other um, methods of counseling and modes of counseling. But the, the bottom line is what I want people to do is reach out and talk to us. Right. Don't make assumptions about what we have and don't have or what we'll recommend or not re recommend. Right. Call us. Let us help you find the right path for you. What's the best way to contact the Counseling Center? Sure. Um, there are a couple of ways. The, the most um, efficient and effective way is just to give us a call. Um, our phone number is 509-963-1391. And our phones are staffed from 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Monday through Friday um, during um, academic quarters. During the breaks, we have some reduced hours, um, and we're closed on university holidays. Um, if folks really don't like the phone for whatever reason, um, you can also email counseling at cwu.edu, um, but know that it may take a few days to get a response from the email. Um, so phone is your, your fastest and most effective way to reach out to us. 
Um, you can also follow us on Instagram. It's not a good way to request an appointment, um, <laughs> so don't do that. Um, but if you want to, we post um, just information and coping and um, special events and things like that. And it's CWU underscore counseling underscore services. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, uh, this has been a really good experience, and um, it's always great when um, counseling services and all those resources are shared to, you know, all of Central and all of Ellensburg, really. So we want to thank you for, for being on this podcast. Yeah, we really appreciate you coming in and talking to us about it and also giving our listeners an opportunity to seek out any services that they might need exactly thank you so much for the opportunity it's been so fun to talk with the two of you today and to share information and um, yeah I just really appreciate the experience and the opportunity so thank you thank you and thank you for tuning in Wildcats on our third episode streaming is available on Spotify Apple Podcasts YouTube Google Podcasts and 88.1 the Berg Make sure you tune into our next episode and we will be discussing the foundations of leadership. Thank you so much.